Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk 20s. We are back. You might be thinking, Tanner, there's only three of you. Where is the third person? Unfortunately, GT had a prior engagement with his what? job. He is coaching that baseball and he has a tournament going on right now. Hopefully, GT's team is kicking ass and we miss you, buddy. But Car and I still wanted to pump out some content for you guys. So Car and I are going to sit back, record, have some chill dialogue and do yet another topic. But before we get into that topic and what it is for this week, Connor, I just want to ask how you're doing. I know we have some big news. Do you want to talk about now or get into the episode? Sure, I'll get into it briefly. Uh, Tanner, I hope you're doing well. I finally had my audition. I've been preparing for this fucking thing for six months, and I am relieved that it's over. I'm happy with how it went, and I'm also angry. <laughs> Those are the three emotions <laughs> that I feel most of all. I'm relieved because, you know, I don't have this pressure, and, like, I accomplished my goal, and I don't have to, like, work towards it constantly like I was doing every day. Now I can have a little bit more fun with my instrument without, like, that stress of trying to make it. I'm, I'm happy because it, it did go well. I went in, and I... I played a couple of songs and they said that, you know, you know as a bass rhythm player, you, your timing needs to be really good. And they said my sense of groove and timing was excellent. They said I sounded really good, really strong. They were impressed that I was self-taught, that I could like read music and stuff like that. Um, oh, they actually go. gave me, so like for jazz, like improvisational stuff, what they'll usually do uh, forever is musical. You know what I'm talking about, Tanner, you'll know. They give you like chords that you have to follow and then it'll be for a certain amount of measures. And a lot of the times you'll just play the chords. It'll be like one chord for two measures and then another chord for one and then another chord for one and then it'll go back to the original chord, you know? And it's, that's just kind of like a lot of jazz standard stuff. And then you kind of just riff over it, right? So they were asking me to do a walking bass line over some chords basically. I had never done that before. I I don't have experience doing that because I had never been to school for it. Walking baseline, anybody's heard it. Frank Sinatra has got a ton of stuff. Fly Me to the Moon, that's like the most famous one I can think of. But anyway, so I I was doing it. I improv that in the moment and I did that for a little bit and I screwed up a little bit because I had never done it before. I kept trying to do it, and but I, I stopped playing it. They told me to stop and they started clapping and they're like, that is the absolute best that anybody has ever done that for us without ever having to do it before. I was Get like, the no, fuck out of here. Dog. No. Yeah. They, they were like, we've never been able to explain that to somebody and then do exactly what we wanted to do in the moment. That's never happened before. That made me feel good. I don't know if I got in until about in, in the next three weeks, I'll know. So I don't know if I got in, but that that comment alone made me feel like, okay, I, I would be pretty upset if they said that and then I didn't right. get in. So I'm not even trying to be hockey. I just, I have a feeling that I got in just based on those comments alone. But I'm also angry because half of the stuff that I, pre that I prepared, I didn't even play any of it. I, I've been preparing all this crap and I, I prepared three songs a bunch of scales of sight reading and then this other improvisational thing. I played two of the songs that I prepared. That was it. I was so angry. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Is like, it because they only wanted you to play two songs? Yes, because that, no, oh, that's it. They okay. were just like, no, 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 you're good. You, you don't need to play anymore. We think we, we've heard plenty for you to give us an impression. I was like, well, I did. I, I prepared this. They're well, like, no, 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 you're good. <laughs> So, no, so I, have, I have four more songs to play. I, I, oh I've been pre God. preparing for this for six months, and they're like, no, no, you're good. Yeah. I could have done this six months ago and gotten in, but it doesn't matter because it's better to be overprepared than underprepared. So anyways, 100%. there's more I could talk about, but that's the gist of how it went. It went very well, so feel good about that. 
Well, that's the first time I've heard about that. You've you've been waiting. I know we were catching up just prior to recording, but you were waiting to tell me all this. So this is the mm-hmm. first time I've heard that news as well. And I am on call nine for you, bro. That is that Thanks, is man. huge. And I guess my question for you is what's next in terms of that goal? And that's actually going into the topic for today. The yep. topic for this week is going to be called the aftermath of the goal slash what's next. So I know we had an episode titled what's next. So we're more so talking about the first half of the title aftermath of the goal. And Connor, this was a huge thing on your list. Yep. And you've been preparing for six months, like you just said. And so my question is you got in, let's say you got in. Uh, no, you know what? I'm speaking into existence and the way that you're talking about, bro, you got in. If nothing else, you should be really proud of yourself. What is the Thanks, aftermath man. of this goal? That's why I wanted to talk about it. You know, I mean, it's it's tricky. It's it's tough. I, you know, you work towards something for so long and I and I would love to hear your take on this too with your whole getting into to school again because like I'm sure you've been through this. What do I do now? I got it. What's next for me? But yeah, I, it's, for me, I, I'm very, I'm a very forward thinker now. I always try to think of like, what do I want to work on next? Cause I always have a lot of different avenues and things that I want to focus on for myself and my new year's resolutions and all of the things that I've been working towards this year. There's always something that I want to work towards, whether it's personal, professional, emotional, you know, a bunch of things. Right. So if I'm talking specifics, like I think the next thing that I'm going to be focusing on focusing on is my health and fitness goals. So I'm going to, I'm trying to cut, I'm trying to eat a little healthier. I'm trying to be more consistent with my workouts. Now that I'm going to have more time to focus on that rather than just playing for hours a day and practicing, I'm going to cut my practicing way back. Probably going to take a break for a couple of weeks playing that honestly, unless I just want to have fun with it. But I mean, it's tricky because you also want to give yourself a break a little bit. You know what I mean? Like this weekend, I gave myself a complete break. Are you kidding me? I took a break from all my goals. I was like, I'm going to take a step back. I took a step back. That was the first thing I did. And it felt wrong and weird in a way. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to relax after you've been working so hard and then I'm just not going to do anything. What's wrong with me? Did you experience that with this whole school thing? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause like you say, you pour a good chunk of your energy into something Maybe at one point you doubt yourself and didn't even think you would get to this accomplishment, this goal, whatever you want to call it. Right. And then you finally do it. And then not only that, but you succeed. You know, it's one thing to get to that point and be able to have the opportunity to possibly succeed, right? You got to the audition. Let's say that was your goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, Connor, you got the audition. Now, holy shit, like I got the audition. Whether I pass or fail, like th- this is the point that I thought I wasn't even going to get to. So then you surpass that and then you get into this jazz band or I didn't even think I would have an opportunity for an interview for grad school. And then right. I got several interviews and then I got accepted into a school. So it's was like, I was so thankful to even just get an interview to think that someone was interested in me because there was a moment along this journey of grad school where I thought no one was going to accept me or no one was even going to give me an opportunity for an interview. So yeah. yeah. So then when I said, so once I got in, Grad school, dude, I would took a step back a hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. Cause you have to, you have to, something we talked about before is celebrate the wins, celebrate the small victories. And yeah. well, these aren't small victories, but the point is, is that you got to celebrate those wins and give yourself a pat on the back and not necessarily constantly 
work because it's going to be an endless cycle of you trying to fulfill yourself. And because there is always something to work on. That's the beauty of who we are as humans, you know? Yep. It's a tricky balance to, to find because you don't want to take a break and then just completely take a break forever and not work on anything else. When do you decide to take that next step for yourself? You know, how do you force yourself out of the break? How do you allow yourself to have a break? I mean, th these are just like honest conversations that you have to have with yourself and you have to know your tendencies. Like my tendencies I know are when I take a break from something in the past, I took a break for way too long. I would do something really hard and then I would take a break for a month and not work on anything. And then I'm like, oh my God, wait, I'm behind now because I, I didn't do anything. So now I, I've learned to give myself short little breaks. And then like, yeah. I'll maybe work on a new goal or work on planning out a new goal for a couple of days. And then I'm like, okay, so I'm doing the pre-planning stages. It's kind of like working on a school project. There's like pre-planning stages, then there's the development of it. And then there's the yeah. execution of it. And then there's the completion of the project. It's the same thing with your goals. You know, you have to, you kind of have to pre-plan out what your goals are and how specific it is. So for me, I'm kind of in the pre-planning stages, you know, I'm trying a lot of new things with my fitness and health that I'm going to be starting to do over the next couple of weeks. Cause that's my goal over the summer is to get to, to cut some weight and basically, um, be in my best physical shape that I've been in, in my whole life. You know, that's what I'm thinking my goal is, but there might be something else. I think one thing that I also try to prioritize is flexibility, a lot of flexibility with what's going to come next and maybe not having big expectations. I feel like that's, that's a really tough thing to, to navigate, especially because if you had a big expectation and you filled it, you might mm -hmm. tend to redevelop that big expectation for the next thing immediately or feel like you have to jump on something different. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we do that in our 20s so much where we feel like we always have to have something big that we're working on every single step of the way, every single day? I just think because so many things are kind of like shoved down our throat in terms of trying to establish ourselves now so that way our future selves are more prepared or better off in the future, right? Like, you know, obviously the, the biggest one is financial security. How many 29 year olds, you know, are actually set up well enough where they have this house that they say they want to live in for the next 10 years and this or that. And it's unrealistic to think that way, but for whatever reason, we all kind of have that engraved in our mind. So that way life is easier when we're in our thirties, forties, fifties, whatever. Yeah. But that that's not guaranteed. Life necessarily isn't going to be easier when you're in your thirties or forties. You might even have more responsibilities, children, you know, bigger home, a job that has more responsibilities. And so I feel like that what the point that you made is really good is about the flexibility because then you accomplish this one goal and now you're like, okay, what's the next big goal? And unfortunately some big feats require more time, more due diligence and more increments to get to that top, yep. top goal rather than others. You know, there might be more steps to reach that, that next big one. So yeah, the flexibility is a huge one because not each goal carries on the same amount of time, same amount of attention as others. So yep. yeah, I, flexibility is a huge one. And to answer your question, I just feel like it's just, it's just the way that society and our parents or whoever has brought us up to believe that we need to try our hardest now so that way we can relax in the future. But guess what you'll be saying in your 30s? Try hard now so you can relax in your future. And, and guess 40s. what you'll be saying in your 40s? You know, it's, it's like 
you constantly need to work on yourself and there will constantly be things that you need to improve on or things that you want to get done and accomplish. And that can very quickly become a very unhealthy habit if you allow to do so. It kind of leads, I mean, we've talked about workaholic syndrome. Like I think that's, that's probably what it leads to. And that probably develops from the the friend group that you're around or whatever, even whatever industry you work in or what you, what your family, especially like, I feel like as a man, you know, what my father considers like hard work, for example, Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like that kind of value was instilled in me to where I always had to be working and I couldn't really settle that often because if I was settling, then I was being lazy. And if I was taking a step back, I wasn't working hard enough and, you know, no (laughs) flack against my father or anything. It's not that it's, you know, it's kind of a generational thing that I think that kind of view of hard work is shifting a little bit. Now I feel like this whole idea that people have to work 40 to 50 hours a week just to be happy and stuff like that. People are finding that, Hey, if you can work less and you can make as much money, why not do that and prioritize stuff outside of your work? Unless your job really makes you happy. Oh, then maybe you want to work more. For example, maybe that is your whole life. There's more flexibility with different definitions of hard work and there's more flexibility with different definitions of what your goal standards are. I, to answer my own question, I think the biggest thing that does it, and we've talked about this before, is definitely school. Because if you think about every grade that you're in, there's a different goal for every single grade for something big that you got to learn. You know, like when you're in elementary school, I don't even remember exactly what it was. Kindergarten, it's like your basic math and reading skills. First grade, it's spelling. Second grade, it's multiplication. You know what I'm saying? It's like we regurgitate that layer of learning, especially in the United States. That's, That's how we're taught success. Oh, wow. I learned this concept in this grade. You know, like I got it. I did so well with that. And then when standardized testing comes into play too, that just makes it a whole level worse because that's your measure of success, you know, and then, well, got to get started on it again and got to do the small goals again, you know? And I think um, that's where I think it comes from is school. And And it reminds me of one of the biggest difficulties after you finish your goal is you kind of brought it up. And I wonder if it's the same for you, like the whole, you finish a big goal and everything feels good. And when you get started on another one, you forget that there's all the small goals and small steps you had to take to make the big goal happen. So everything feels so much slower at the beginning of a new goal. Because like I said, it's pre-planning and it's organization. It's taking small steps to lay the groundwork so that you can complete your goal. That is always the, the hardest part for me. I feel like I'm not doing anything right. And sometimes I've backed off of my goals or backed off of new stuff because it doesn't feel as incremental because I just accomplished something and now I'm starting slow again. You know, I have my own thoughts on this, but have you dealt with that before? And how can we balance that whenever mm-hmm. we're starting new goals, you know, our feelings with that? Yeah, I, I call that and I didn't know that this was really a term. And then I actually watched a podcast recently and they called it invisible progress. And I think that's an excellent term to describe this where you almost forget the work it takes to get to that thing. And when you feel like you aren't making visible progress or physical progress, the invisible progress is the one where it makes 90% of the people quit because they don't have any concrete or any visual, you know, things to say, oh, I'm actually succeeding in getting towards this goal. And there's going to be days where you are set back and there are going to be days where you actually don't make any progress, but you're learning. And that's the hardest part, especially when you're coming from this high of, 
I accomplished this big goal. I'm ready to take on the world or I feel really good about myself. And then you start back to square one and then you feel like you aren't making any progress. Yep. And then you're already psyching yourself out. So it's a very tricky thing to realize that you have to stay grounded and realize that you are going to fail for one. You know, you're not always going to succeed for everything that you try out to do, but trust in a process and just look back at that other big goal you just did. Yeah. How did you start that one? It was either just an idea or you try something out for once and you're terrible at it and yep. you just slowly started chiseling it away. And then eventually you had the finished project. So how, how do I handle that? That's what I do. Honestly, what I just said is I just try to visualize where I was before with this last goal that I accomplished, whatever it is, and realize that, you know, for anything, you have to work hard, be consistent, and be determined. And as long as you have those things, you know, something I want to bring up is how your knowledge can be outworked by someone who has better work ethic or is more determined or is more consistent than you. And yeah. I just feel like with, with the aftermath of a goal, that that's what really matters at the end of the day. And a lot of people tend to forget that you just got to just keep grinding it out and stay grounded because that's how you don't give up, you know? Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. The, the dedication and consistent work ethic is always going to be more successful than short burst of in, intense progress amplified by maybe passion or knowledge of something, for example. It's always the slow and steady wins the race. It kind of reminds me of the cyclical nature of progress and life and what you do. It could just be your daily living in life where, oh, Monday through Friday, this is what I do, you know, adjusting to that. It's like, how do people adjust to the cyclical nature of things? And that's where I think people get bogged down by, because if you think about it, you know, with anything new, with any kind of like new progress that you make, new stuff always feels exciting. It's novel. There's always a feeling of discovery with it. So it always kind of feels like you might maybe care about it more or you're more interested in it. And then when you're not as interested in it, you kind of get bogged down and you, you lose interest in it. But when yeah. you say dedicated and consistent to yourself and dedicated and consistent to kind of the small things in every day and kind of dedicated and consistent to cyclically what occurs in life i think that's what makes or break it and that's what makes or break it with the goal setting that's what makes or break it with hard work because i know that's one thing i've struggled with any any kind of my passion projects and stuff and that's what i used to struggle with in college i would always operate off of what i immediately felt excited by but i mean when i was in school and when i was doing my crappy jobs i was I was like never excited about that stuff half the time. You know what I'm saying? There are there are obviously certain things that you are going to be really inspired and dedicated and excited and passionate about. But sometimes you just don't have that, you know, but you still got to put in the work. Cuz what I are you just going to sit sit aside and do what you don't want to do, but you still have to get it done? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. no, you have to you have to kind of like you said, you have to stay dedicated and consistent. So I think it does outweigh knowledge at the end of the day, because you can have all the knowledge in the world about what you're supposed to do. If you're not committed to it and you're not dedicated to what you're supposed to do and you don't learn how to develop a consistent work ethic, it, nothing's ever going to come to pass for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think the negativity of self-doubt and really not trusting the processes, I, I just feel like, I feel like people in their 20s acting like I'm better than anyone else. I'm not. A problem I see with a lot of people in their 20s and something that I still improve on and trying to improve on is trying to remain 
encouraged with this invisible progress, the problem of when can I give up? When should I give up? And I feel like a lot of people give up too soon, yeah. uh, especially, especially when they've experienced failure before and they don't know that if they keep pushing through and maybe put in more effort than they did previously, maybe they can accomplish this goal or maybe they can accomplish this big project or big something that they're trying to achieve. They just have to keep pushing through and not give up so easily. People in their twenties are used to having like almost too much self-doubt. And as soon as stuff becomes too difficult, they immediately shut down and don't push through that barrier. Cause I, the biggest goals that I've accomplished are the ones that I looked in a mirror and said, I want to quit. I want to give up. And then I don't, and I push through and I just keep chugging on and I get through the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And I just want to ask you one, have you experienced that and pushed through and actually accomplished something? And did that experience change it? Cause I just want to say that I feel like that is another thing people in their twenties struggle with. I'm sure you agree. So what are your thoughts on that? Have you had experience where you pushed through something and what did that do for your mindset moving forward with trying to accomplish goals? When I'm talking, I'll probably think of a specific goal, but I have been struggling with that just like in with my general anxieties and my general daily things that I go through where I might, you know, at the preschool I work at, the kids might have a really rough day and I just might want to quit. I hate this job and stuff like that. I know I'm feeling emotional in the moment. And then like when I reflect on them, no, they were just a lot today. And I don't, I don't actually hate my job. Sometimes I, sometimes I don't love my job just because kids are hard to work with, but that's yeah. Every job is going to have things that you don't like. So it doesn't, if I hate every job, then, well, then I have to be the problem because then it's, <laughs> it's my mindset. If I hate right. everything that I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. has to be me. If I, oh, I hate this. I hate this. Like, like there's always hate, you know, hate is such a powerful emotion. So yeah, I've had to push through my own mind and my own mindset several times. And I used to, I used to sit in that mindset and kind of let it guide me when I was in college in the latter half of high school. I, I remember that's what guided me my whole time, not just with my goals and my jobs, but even my friendships and my, even my relationships. And if, if my brain gave me any kind of pushback, you know, then I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm out, you know, and that's not, there's something to listening to your brain and listening to your heart and stuff. But if you just give in to yourself every single time something gets hard, you might find that you're missing out on stuff or maybe you're missing something or maybe there's another reason why it's difficult rather than it just being hard. Maybe there's something you're not dealing with that that makes it more difficult for you. You know what I mean? In terms of in terms of my goals that where I can apply this to, I mean, I, I would say one, one big thing that I struggled with was working with the kids when I left my HR job and I lost all the money that I was making. You know, I was making the most money I've ever made in my entire life. I was making, geez, I must have been making over three grand, like over $3,500 a month. You know, I mean, that, that felt God, that felt amazing to be making that much. I was donating to like my 401k. I'm still really good with it, but I definitely don't make as much money. And that was a hard thing. I was like, what the hell am I doing? I'm going to be doing this thing, this career where what I was making um, with, with HR was basically the max that I'm going to be making in my new career. I can't fucking live on that. But I'm like, you know, I'll find a way. I don't know. I'll just have to figure it out in the moment, you know, because that's what I'm going to have to do. I know that I couldn't live 
with the unhappiness that I felt. And I knew that there was something more than me just hating my job. I'm always going to hate my job in some aspects, but there's something more to this where I just felt miserable all the time. So I had to listen to myself and I had to pay attention to the reasons why I kept running into that. Oh, I hate this. I hate this. You know, why do I always hate this? Is it my mindset? You have to challenge yourself a lot to go, okay, maybe my instinctive reaction is I hate this, but Maybe, maybe it's just hard, you know, maybe I don't hate it. Maybe it's just hard to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, that's my perspective. I'm, I'm, I know you've had this before too, right? Yes. Yeah. With several, several <laughs> different things. I think it's just a discomfort, man. People, people just don't like discomfort, but that's when you grow the most is when you are in uncomfortable situations and you push yeah. through or you get through this discomforting stage i mean like any job whether you have the easiest job in the world or you move into a really high-end position learning the task and responsibilities and duties of this position you're always uncomfortable and you're nervous and you feel like oh this job isn't for me or i'm really uncomfortable yeah. like i don't know if i want to work here and then a month later after all your training and your few fuck-ups and you feel a little bit more comfortable you realize like oh I'm actually a good fit for this position, or I'm actually really good at this job. You push through that discomfort. And I think that can translate to everyone's goal setting and accomplishing everything they want to, because obviously we're wired to always want to take the easy way out. That's just the way humans are wired. Humans do not want to do more than what they have to. Of course. Except for people with the freak mindset of they want to conquer the world and good for them. And I wish I had that mindset all the time. I would be an animal but for the majority of us like we we want to do the bare minimum not saying we're all lazy but i'm just saying that's the way we're wired like why would we want to do more than what we have to yeah and i i think that that was sometimes we like you said we listen to that voice in our head too often and if you consistently cave into that voice eventually your work ethic and eventually that voice will get louder and louder and you you, you won't ever push through that barrier Exactly. So I think discomfort has a has a huge thing to do it. But back to the aftermath of the goals, kind of kind of to talk back about your specific example. You're saying, okay, you made that goal that you thought wasn't achievable, and then you either ask yourself, what's next, or what 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 do you think you're going to ask yourself? What's next, or how can I improve upon this big goal? What kind of advice would you think you need to recommend to people who are like you said, they just finished this big goal, and now they're like, now what? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good question to ask. Definitely. You know, like we both talked about, definitely take a break just, just for your own mindset for a little bit, allow yourself to just experience, oh, wow, I did this, you know, for sure. Start with that because you need to absorb your accomplishment. You need to absorb the good things with it. But I think there's definitely small incremental things you can do. Like definitely don't put it completely out of your head and definitely, you know, you're talking about ways that you can improve upon your goal. Like for my goal specifically, you know, I got into the jazz program. Well, I'm predicting that I'll get into the jazz program. Does that mean, for example, that I need to completely stop playing my instrument? Well, no, I'm going to be in a jazz program, so I still have to focus on my instrumental playing. Maybe what the reason for why I was preparing for it is now going to be different. Maybe I can look for a more intrinsic reason. Like, for example, I just have fun playing my instrument. So now I'm going to be playing it more because I'm going to be having fun. And in turn, I will be doing better in this new ensemble that I'm going to be playing in just because... 
I am going to be playing it more. So I, I have to find a different reason for motivation mm-hmm. for your current goal so that you don't like lose track of it. Unless it's finite, you can't work on getting into grad school again because you're already in, but what can you do next with your career? What's the next step, right? Sometimes your big goal is just a part of a series of big goals leading to an ultimate goal, right? So then is there something next? If not, is there a different motivation that you can find with your goal? So trying to find what intrinsically motivates you. Again, a lot of this is just asking yourself questions and asking what motivates you. And you don't always have to have the answers and you don't have to have the answers in that moment. But like we said, flexibility, just keep asking yourself, keep talking to yourself. This, 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 ain't a, this ain't a race, you know, it's a marathon, life's a marathon. You're gonna have to have multiple conversations. And then just kind of, kind of talking about your next goals, you know, I think it's healthy to have multiple things that you wanna accomplish at any given time and then just find out like what your priorities are. We've talked about making priorities, getting your priorities straight. So <clears throat> for me, my getting into this program was my biggest priority because the audition was coming up so soon. Whereas my workout goals, they were a priority, but I had to focus on my playing more because that was coming up now. Now I'm focusing intrinsically on my own personal health, which is going to be a whole lifelong journey. So now I'm going to focus on that for a little bit. But if there's something more pressing that comes up, I have to maybe shift my priorities. So again, it's all about flexibility and it's all about being realistic about where your priorities are and what you want to do. But if you're going to make goals, set multiple goals at once and then figure out what needs to come first. What can you do concurrently with each other? That would be my advice. What about you? I mean, honestly, I was thinking of everything you said, but the last bit about having those multiple goals and all that, because I feel like for a lot of people who will have this one goal and then they do accomplish it, then they think, okay, that's it. Like I'm, I'm good. I'm done. And then that work ethic that you had, grinding, that invisible progress, getting those concrete goals to that larger goal, all that work ethic you put into your life, and then you say, oh, I'm good, or you have nothing else going on, then that work ethic and everything is going to come. Like, you work so hard to get to this point, put that energy and time that you had towards this goal to maybe either a different area of your life or a different goal or something. There's always something. There's always something. And... I think what you said is about the self-talks and switching your motivation. So like you, you mentioned about your situation, let's say you got into the jazz program. Well, Connor, why don't you keep practicing and be the second best in the jazz program? Right. Why do I, where the internet has a plethora of things I can look up online, you know, how's the first year PT school? Can I not do some self-studying and watch videos online of material that I would learn in school anyways? And why yeah. would I not want to be more prepared going into PT school instead of if I know what I'm getting myself into, am I going to stress myself out by being at square one and being in terms of knowledge on the lower end of my class? I can prevent that. Yep. Right. So like you said, it, there's always something in a series of goals. It's not just this one finite goal. There's always something that you can maybe even add. I think that was beautifully said. Thanks, man. Yeah, that, that was perfect. Cause that was something that, light bulb in my head. You're, you're hitting the nail on the head too, man. It makes sense. It's just, just be a lifelong learner. Just commit a to lifelong being a lifelong learner. learner. A lifelong learner. That is exactly right. Exactly right. Those are the two big ones though, honestly. You can get out of it what you want in terms of your goals and how hard you want to work and what you can learn from this experience and process of accomplishing your goals, the aftermath of the goals and saying, okay, what's next? Yep. And if you're okay with doing this one goal, 
and then saying, okay, I'm done and I don't want to learn anything else, that's fine. But if you are a person who's trying to do like society wants you to do and constantly improve, be financially secure, do well in your job, have a family, have kids, blah, blah, blah. You have to constantly work on yourself in order to accomplish these things. And if you want to stay ahead of the curveball and accomplish everything you want to, you do have to be a lifelong learner. And your future self will thank you for doing that. Absolutely. So, Darn, do you have any closing thoughts, buddy? Because I feel like that that question and what we just said at the very end would be a great way to close it. But I want to see if you had anything else to add about this topic. No, you went into detail about about what I was going to say about being a lifelong learner. Absolutely. That's that's got to be the biggest takeaway. And that'll help you with yeah. your goal setting. That'll help you with your mindset. That'll help you with your happiness levels for anything that you're accomplishing in life. You know, like we said, it's, it's a marathon or yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint, you know? And like Tanner keeps saying, there's so many things that you can do to improve yourself. Like life is not just about one linear path to success. You know, it's, there's multiple paths to success, but success is not measured evenly between people. And the levels of success are obviously different. Who's to say you get your dream job you make all this money, right? And then after a couple of years, no matter what, you're going to be asking yourself what's next. Mm-hmm. You are always going to be looking at what's next. So preemptively taking steps to decide what's next for you, whether it has to do with your career again or something personal, you you, you really have to do that. And it's tough and it just requires honesty with yourself. So I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head and I, I, think, I think people will like this episode. I think people will like this episode as well. A lot of dialogue, just two people talking for 40 minutes straight. You got to love it. I'm sure, I'm sure we rambled a little bit, but you know what? There was a lot, if we have to, no, there was a lot of great stuff in this episode. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Aftermath of the goal. This is something that Connor and I are not only speaking to you guys, but we're speaking to ourselves and we're definitely used this for ourselves as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode. Follow the Instagram page, Let's Talk 20s. I hope you guys had a great week. Have a great rest of your week. And until the next one, guys, peace. Peace.